Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. My name's Jeremy, and this week we won't be talking about the X-Men. That's true. Although, you know... Mutants. There's there's Wolverine in the Marvel Comics Presents, so that's something. Oh, that's right. I didn't read that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this, this, we're doing annuals. Oh, boy. Remember those? <laughs> So this is the Kings of Pain annual set, and we'll only be doing a couple of them. But I I don't know if I read any of this. Certainly not the New Mutants and the New Warriors that we'll be looking at. I don't think I did either. Uh, I, th- I think I read the X-Men one, or at least I think I have it. I don't know. This is in sort of a weird gray area where I wasn't really collecting, and I was sort of going back and like picking things up that I had missed because I'm about to kind of jump back into collecting, and I may have looked at the artwork and been like, nah, I'm not going to spend the two bucks on this. <laughs> but I don't know. So it'll be interesting when we actually read the X-Men annual If I'm like, oh, yeah, I read this and I don't like it. Um, I can tell you that um, of what I read of this um, The New Mutants and The New Warriors annual, um, this is a bad story. (laughs) It's bad. Everything's bad. It's got a great cover. It's got some stylized Mike (laughs) Mignola art. Um, He's missing an anchor or something. Like, I think... When I normally, I think I normally celebrate uh, Mignola's work, but this is not good. It's a it's a themed cover where each of the four covers sort of relates to each other. Um, that is not Blob on the cover, first of all. No, I know it's it's. Oh, I know. I, yeah, it's. We'll we'll meet this mutant, but it's basically a mutant that I think eats power or something little, like that. I was a little surprised that that wasn't Blob. I was like, oh look, Blob's in this issue. And I guess technically he is in this issue, but not in this store, main story. Um, and it looks like this person who is not the blob, but looks like the blob isn't wearing pants, or I'm not really sure what's happening below his tank yeah. top. Well, he's got sneakers. Yeah, there's a couple <laughs> sneakers in there. Well, that's odd. So it sort of looks like his belly goes way in, and maybe he's got some underwear hidden in those shadows, but then it's just like a bunch of big thighs and, and ankles. And he's got... He's got a leash, and mm-hmm. some some guys got the leash. Everybody on the right isn't very good, but everybody on the left, I like the cable, I like the domino, I like the feral. Mm, they're okay. The left half of this cover, I think, is good. The right half of this cover, I don't think, is that great. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the cannonball. It's kind of fun. Yeah, uh, I'm not a fan. Uh, the The character in the middle gets the most sort of detail and articulation uh we've not met him before i'm going to assume that he's the king of pain or or she uh, I, there are multiple kings of pain oh are there yeah i guess it well, is plural. i mean if you go by the title <laughs> plural, <laughs> i don't know who so. the we don't know who they are no queens though, uh, only kings yeah no queens of pain so yeah, I'm just going to open up this thing. So I think the most valuable thing of this is that we get to see sort of a transitional period of the New Mutants to X-Force. Yeah. Where they keep saying, hey, call us X-Force now. Yeah. There's also sort of a weird... So this whole thing, I think, is written by uh, Fabian Nishizia. He at least wrote this in New Warriors. I don't know if he writes the the uh, X-Men 
And I assume I X Factor must be a part of this. Um, but yeah, he's really stretching uh, on all of this. Um, and there's, I feel like there's some some problematic things where he's using a lot of um, like Indian slang, like Kimosabe and Come uh, here, Hiawathan. And for some of it, uh, Thunderbird keeps saying like, "Hey, man, I'm right here. Don't disparage my group," which I was like, "That's cool." But then he keeps doing it like throughout and it's just like all of a sudden like he he decided he wanted to make a point about that, but then subconsciously just kept using it throughout it and not having Thunderbird uh, sort of like shut it down. And I was like, does he is he just subconsciously being racist or uh, is it is it always the same character? No, it was like all throughout. I think even in the New Warriors, somebody says Kimosabi and like nobody says that. Yeah, <laughs> Thunderbird's true. not even here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I, 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 The only time I did notice it was when Thunderbird corrected it. Yeah, but um, there's a. Then I guess I must have blocked the rest of it out. And on one hand, I was like, when, when whoever says it, I think it maybe it's Boom Boom or somebody says like, "Hey, Hiawathan, we got to go do this thing." I was like, "Oh, that's cool. She knows his nationality, and it's like a thing that they have." And he's like, "Hey, be be nice. Don't disparage me. Don't do that. It's that's like, racist." Who, who, who's ever done that? <laughs> who's ever yeah. gone up to? A Native American and been like, "Hey, Hiawathan." Yeah, that is that is doesn't make any sense. That's comics. I guess yeah, it's bizarre. It's weird though because a lot of this stuff doesn't happen in like the mainline stuff. It's it's just here. Like all the dialogue is it's, it's pretty rough. This feels like a opportunity for Fabian Nicieza to kind of showcase his talent, I guess. It, and sure. he. Uh, he and yeah, he he makes some interesting choices, I guess. In order to and and yeah, that is one of the choices where he's like, I have cool names for Indian people; they're cool. <laughs> I guess. Um, it was kind of nice to see the return of of Tower and Frenzy here. They kind of kicked the issue off as some hired guns to do bad things, and then you they get are, yeah, they're from X Factor, right? Correct. Uh, and then the woman who's got like punky hair and shoots out electricity from her hands. I can't remember if we've seen her before or not. I feel like we haven't. I'm just going to assume that we have. Everything seems like a bit of a reference. That's fair. The uh, only new characters I really like are definitely the the guy from the cover and the, the not Bob. There's another interesting sort of snafu that happens on... I'm just going all over the place because the story is a mess. But on page, I think this is page two of the issue, but page, or three, I guess, because the first page is a double page spread. Uh, so number four in Marvel Unlimited, where um, uh, Taki, I think that's his name, right? Yeah. Or Wizkid, I think, is his handle. And then Leech and Artie are hanging out. And Leech and Artie are miscolored. They're opposite colored. Oh, really? Right, <laughs> because you look at that. it, and Leech is sort of pointing at his holograms of like, look, it's the Alliance of Evil. Remember when we fought them? And then Artie, who can't talk, but is the person that actually makes the projection, says, call them Collect Factor? And then Taki uh -huh. refers to Artie as Leech. No, we can't, Leech. We don't have time, Leech. You get some nerd credits for that. I, w I wouldn't have never known that. Oh, my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't I just, I know there are green and pink but i don't know which is which <laughs> well so Artie has buggy eyes and pink skin okay. leech has normal eyes but is green and then they both have lumpy heads 
And Leech is the one who siphons powers. Leech and siphons Archie is the one. Who, Artie. Artie is the one who uh, projects things. Right. Okay. So, and they even refer to it here where Taki makes a bunch of stuff into like a little hovercraft. He's like, well, I'm going to make it big enough so that Leech can sit over there and not steal my powers. Right. And now Which I don't is, know if they're colored correctly, but. They, they kind of jump around with Leech's powers of he is able to withdraw them now. Which, was he able to do that before? In the pages of X Factor, he was working on kind of okay. pulling his field in with Gene. And he was getting within a few feet, right? So it was a lot better than when he was just, just out of control. Um. Yeah. At this point, it seems like they sometimes he can do it and sometimes he can't. And we'll have to assume that that's adrenaline based. Absolutely. He's a kid. He's young. He's had sort of a, a messed up childhood. So absolutely, he's going to lose concentration and he'll just go out of control. I can buy all that. That's fine. So they're going to take off and um, I don't know what they're going to do. I think they're going to go check out what Alliance of Evil is doing, what they're up to. Yeah. And they, uh, they, the exterminators are back. The exterminators right again. Sort um, of, except they're missing Rusty, Boom Boom, and Skids. Well, he does say sort of. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we meet Piecemeal, and do we get the other guy's name? So Piecemeal is the kid, a, a kid who is on the end of a leash, and his name is Harness. Harness. Because so, <laughs> I guess he's got the power to make harnesses for people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who the energy hand lady is. I don't know what her name is yet, but let's just assume that she was part of the original Alliance of Evil. So yeah. I guess they want piecemeal to go find, uh, well, goodies as they call it here, but I think it's, it's some sort of power that, that they're looking for. And this will become a theme where they just go places and steal power. Yeah. Or whatever it is. I think if they, they eventually say that it's like some sort of rare mineral that's been deposited in various places, I think. I don't remember. So the exterminators uh, intrude on the alliance evil as, uh, of evil as they're making a plan, but Tower, he grows super big and just destroys Taki's little hovercraft. Um, and now Leech and Artie are sort of correctly colored or correctly doing the things that they should be doing. So. Even reference, get the moldy green one first. He's a power leech. Yep. Gotcha, boss lady. And he, leech gets zapped and talk. He's like, leech, no, as, as leech falls to the ground. Um, that takes care of the Maddox brat. Who's the, That's know? Artie, Artie Maddox. Oh, okay. Man, you don't remember this stuff? No. <laughs> remember remember when Beast worked at uh, that, that corporation and he turned into Blue Beast? I do remember that. He worked with a guy... Something Maddox. I don't remember his first name. Oh, and it's all connected? And Artie Maddox is that guy's son. So Leech was a Morlock, Le so Artie mm -hmm. was not a Morlock? Correct. Okay. <laughs> I read that original 25 issues of X Factor many, many, many times. Those stories are burnt into my mind. Not me, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so I'm not sure. This doesn't happen again, but... <clears throat> the power siphon, what's his name? Piecemeal. Piecemeal. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> he sucks up a bunch of power, but then he, like, does a face blast. Like, he releases a bunch of power. 
Or is he sucking it in? I can't tell. I, I think that's sucking it in. I don't know. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it does look like a face blast, but I think it's just a reverse face blast. Yeah, I mean, what will happen throughout this series is piecemeal is just going to keep absorbing more and more of whatever this element or power is until he gets really fat like the cover. But right now, yeah. he's a skinny little kid. Yeah. Taki gets knocked out by Tower, and then we visit... It's like Tower steps on his face, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, how does he survive that? But I guess he does. I think it's that classic movie cliche where, you know, the bad guy kicks you in the face to knock you out. Okay. But rather than apparently do anything with these characters, they just kind of leave them out there, and X-Force shows up at the hospital to visit Taki. And Boom Boom, who is, as you mentioned, a former ex-Terminator, remembers Taki, so that's fun. Yep. And pretty much nobody else, even though Farrell's, like, doing little spiral diagrams on his kneecap. Kind of weird. <laughs> it's very weird. Um, I think the only other person here, and they do reference it, is uh, Cannonball, is the only other person that would know him. And everybody else here, I feel like, would be like, why are we here? <laughs> who is Some this kid? Who was also on the ex-Terminators, right? Uh, I don't think he was on the Exterminators. I thought Sunspot and Warlock were. No. Or am I getting that confused with the Fallen Angels? I think you're getting that confused with the Fallen Angels. But Boom Boom was also on the Fallen Angels too, so that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm, I'm, I accept my mistake. Uh, in the old epidermis, Tacky. That's a weird way to say, yeah, it's me. <laughs> in the epidermis, Tacky, old chap. How you doing? Yeah. Is that in the flesh? But... Cleverly sure. said. Well, she's she's a cool '90s kid, so she says yeah. epidermis. That's how I was when I was a cool '90s kid. <laughs> <laughs> I rode around on my skateboard, and then I came up, and I was like, "Hey, it's me in the epidermis." Always finding much more complicated words for much simpler things to say. Mm-hmm. I still do that. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then I said radical, and I drank some Kool Aid, and I skateboarded off to find some Doritos. Totally tubular. <laughs> it was cool. Uh, so Taki wonders about Artie and Leech. They're in a different room. So the Alliance of Evil just picked on a bunch of kids and just let, let them lay on the ground, I guess. Boom Boom introduces all of X-Force. Uh, she's got, we all know. She's got clever little back. names. The Big Kahuna's Cable. The, the one Big with- Bohunk is Warpath. The one with Petey the dog makeup is called Domino. Even though he only met her two issues ago, she's kind of like a mother figure. <laughs> the one out of a Duran Duran video is called Shatterstar. Farrell is the one who looks like Morris the cat, you know, from the commercials. And he's just as finicky. Yes, she says. Yes. And you already know Camelot. No clever name hey, for him. Hang in there. <laughs> Uh, Cable's got no time for this. He's like, we need to find out what happened. Now talk. Yep, because X-Forces are, they're, uh, they're a team of action. So now they're in their helicopter. <laughs> wait a minute. Not only is it like a helicopter, it's got like, it looks like, number one, it's drawn like a Korean War or Vietnam War, like sunset, everything's in shadow. But it's like a gunship. You've got guns on either side, and then you've got like a gun in the middle. It looks like it is, they stole yeah. this from the Marines. 
It is a full-on military-grade helicopter. And inside of it, you got computers and monitors and a planning table. Uh, cables got like a like a like a CB cable hanging. I don't know if he's plugged into it or if he just got done talking to somebody. But it begs the question: like, I think we've seen X Factor in like you know we had a Sky Cycle. We had, I'm sure there's been a plane at some point, and now they've got a gunship. Where are they getting all these things from? We know that Cable, in in his initial appearances, had weird connections to the government. They've mm. sort of dropped that, but I'm assuming that's where, like, he has weird connections to the government, so he can get stuff. And not only that, they've been able to retrofit a Cerebro unit into this helicopter. They're a very, uh, they're a very advanced group. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the things that I appreciated about the X Men and even uh, X Factor, uh, you know, early on is that when they needed a vehicle, they sort of already established, like, well, we've got, we've got the Blackbird. The Blackbird's our ship, and mm-hmm. when the Blackbird gets damaged, like, well, crap, how are we going to get from point A to point B? And then X Factors had various, um, you know, they had. Uh, money from Warren Worthington Industries, so they were able to buy an X-Factor jet. Um, and then ultimately they had access to ships capabilities. But to me, this screams of like uh, a 80s or 90s cartoon in which they're like, well, we need to go from point A to point B, and we want to do it really cool. So for no reason at all, they have this vehicle. Yeah. And you'll never no, see it again. <laughs> that is, you know, these are the first uh, kind of leeching in signs, bleeding in signs of the 90s. Yeah. Uh, these are these are the, the the writers of these things are kids who grew up with those 80s styles cartoons where, uh, you know, it's it's all very quickly done. It doesn't necessarily make any sense. But the weird thing is, and, and maybe it's just taking like the things that you loved from those things, but the things that these people would have been inspired by were generally grounded in some level of reality. We've got somebody who can pay for this. This thing exists. When it's damaged, we can't, we can't use it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But now they're coming in like, oh, yo, I, we got sky cycles because we need them. We've got a helicopter because we need it. I bet you could do some sort of connective tissue kind of theory that connects the dots between 90s comics and today's franchise cinema. Sure. Because, like, you know, scripts are terrible these days. <laughs> and I just feel like uh, sort of not grounding in reality might be somewhat part of the part of the uh, problem. But I, I get used to it because this is, this is the 90s and they, we're going to get a lot of this. Yeah. Grounding in reality is no longer a thing. Uh, convenience is the thing. Convenience of cool. That's what we'll call it. It's the convenience of cool. I love it. We're going to rename our podcast convenience of cool for the next <laughs> decade of comics. Yeah. Um, cable goes through and we get an introduction to all of our Alliance of evil people. Um, the person with the hand blast is called stinger. I'm going to guess she was probably part of the original Alliance of evil. I'm going to look online and see if I can figure out very quickly if she has been in anything else. I, I f- probably have this wrong, but I feel like she was maybe a reluctant um, member of Alliance of Evil. They're like chasing her down and sort of made her be a member in the pages of X Factor. But I could have also just she, made that up. Her first, she was, she's only had a few appearances in X Factor. She was in X Factor 5, 6, and 33. Okay. Her name is Wendy Sherman. I feel like she was a reluctant member, but I don't remember. 
Uh, Cable does mention, and I hadn't thought of this name in forever, he's like, they had a fourth member named Time Shadow. I don't know why he's not with them, and I don't care. <laughs> and I was like, cool, that's a little foreshadowing. Like, at the end of this issue, Time Shadow, who, uh, whose power I don't remember, I feel like it was time-related, obviously, um, he's going to make an appearance and change the change the balance of the issue. He doesn't show up. This This is just a reference. Hey, we're referring to a thing. Why bother if you're not going to use it, though? Yeah, well, because it's it's because it's it's what they it's it's referential. Referential is the new uh, grounded in reality. <laughs> we are aware of things that came before, and we're going to reference them just to show that we have uh, we've done our homework. Yeah. So, meanwhile, in this helicopter, which seems to grow and shrink in size uh, depending on what the panel needs. Um, <laughs> They're making it's like a, pl- a TARDIS. It's like a, you know, a, a versatile TARDIS. Absolutely. So they're trying to make a plan is to, to figure out what they're doing. Thunderbird wants to figure it out. Cannonball, um, he wants to take his time so they won't be able to get a step ahead of them. And that's when Boom Boom says, come again, Guthrie? Speaking the Deutsche? And I'm like, <laughs> who says that? I, you know... Boom Boom uh, is not very well written nope. ever. <laughs> not in this. out of here, no. I, you know, Fabian Nicias is trying to write a cool teenage kid. Maybe that's how he talks. I don't know. Maybe maybe Boom Boom is the voice of Fabian Nicieza. He's always like, hey, fellow Marvel bullpenites, sprechen Sie Deutsche? Speaken Sie Deutsche. Don't even put the R in there. Okay. Yeah. And then Cable agrees with cannonball and says uh all right well they're moving up the east coast we don't know why but we're gonna find out and so they take off this is just a lot of blather it's so much blather that's why i tried to speed over it (laughs) then we we turn our attention to the gene tech research society where somebody's giving a presentation about some genetic stuff some genetic material uh, that we've been confined, consigned to develop. And I think we find out that that's what uh, piecemeal is going around absorbing, is whatever this material is. And this gene tech organization connects to New Warriors. So if you're, it will mean nothing to us, but if you're reading New Warriors, you're probably like, oh, it's gene tech, cool. <laughs> Aren't they connected to AIM as well? Uh, they, I guess so. I, I mean, remember. I think we find that out in the next issue or something. Oh, or- sorry, spoilers. That's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so apparently something happened in New Warriors number four because they're like, yeah, we've had some problems with the superhuman community, so we got to keep our noses clean. I forget what the connection of New Warriors is. I think they they have some sort of a loose uh, agreement with Gene Tech. Initially, they were enemies, but now they're kind of helping them out a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot more blathering here that goes on. That I'm not sure, other than like this whole material and energy patterns and something's going on. We get the bad guys who are behind this, who are all in a dark room and we don't get to see any fa- uh, their faces. And they're talking about how close we are to complete absorption. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's on the top. I'm going to guess it's on the top floor of this IDIC building. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's a darkened conference room, all green lit with shadows. It's terrible. How is the containment casing coming along? Uh, 
Bloody, bloody, blah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Vail, Colorado, so, so I guess close to the IDC Corporation in Colorado, you've got two other characters. You think this one with the ponytail is Gideon? I, I, that's the only person I know with a ponytail. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to draw that ponytail like that, and it's not Gideon, I don't know. Or if it is Gideon, why don't you just... Either way, they're both in shadows, and they're playing a game of chess... And I guess these chess pieces are sort of indicating, like, what's actually happening in real life. Whose pawns will make us rule? Mine, Gene, and Gene Tech, the controllers of mind and body, or mine, advanced idea mechanics. So I guess these are oh. the, the owners of Gene Tech and AIM, and they're, I don't know, playing chess to determine something. I don't know. They don't really reveal it, so <laughs> it's, it's it's speculation at this point. Yeah, but we cut to Niagara Falls, and uh, the Legion of Bad Guys is here now. The Alliance of Evil, Adam. Yeah, you know the Legion of Bad Guys. <laughs> Piecemeal is forced by Whip Guy. What's his name? Uh, harness. <laughs> harness. Just remember, he he wields a harness. <laughs> Uh, he refers to it as a tether. <laughs> yeah, and he says, start sniffing, and I guess, you know, Ed, the whole time, he's like, I don't want to do this. Every time, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. But they keep sort of insinuating that, like, he loves it and he thrives on it, but each time he does it, he's like, I don't want to do it. And then he does it, uh, and he sucks in a bunch of energy, uh, and he gets a little bit bigger. He tosses him over, like, the falls, essentially. Get out there! Can you taste it? Eat it up, then! Eat it all up. Got all of it, kid. You must have. Feels like you put on a ton of weight. Yeah, a little weight, he says. Not a ton. Stop whimpering and I'll pull you. What the? Uh-oh. And that's when we get a full-page panel of a helicopter and X-Force jump springing into action. Everyone pick a target. Stinger's a long-distance fighter, so I'll go get her. Thunder I'll says, take Frenzy. I'll take Frenzy. Spot uh, and roll. Think, well, he doesn't just say, let's rock and roll. He yells, let's rock and roll. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth. <laughs> and so there's a fight. There, There is a fight. We get to see Shatterstar. I guess this is the first time we're seeing Shatterstar do stuff. He does like a front flip and he takes his double-bladed uh, sword and I think he cuts Tower's giant Achilles heel. Or tendon, Thanks. rather. Yeah, that's what it looks like. That sucks. He goes down. He's like, my ankle, I'm bleeding. I'm going to kill that twerp. Warpath uh, jumps on what's-her-face and really just stomps on her. This is where we get sort of our first where she's like, I know. Uh, now, let's see how you take it. And I don't know if he – let's see how you take it. Geronimo. And I don't know if that's like I'm taking the plunge, Geronimo, or if she's referring to him as Geronimo. But either way, he says – don't insult my heritage with names like Geronimo. I really don't like it. And I was like, okay, cool. If this is the only sort of incident of this, like we, we did it, we addressed it, and we moved on. Uh, but it's not. <laughs> just keeps just keeps coming. So that is to the enemy. So maybe he just doesn't want the enemy referring to him with Indian nope. racial slurs. Because Farrell jumps on his back in the next page and says, she's still standing, Hiawatha. Maybe you should hit her again. And then he's like... But and they're buddies. You heard me. I said, Farrell, so don't use any derogatory negative Native American uh, humor around me or I'll wrap that tail around the nearest fire hydrant, okay? No, okay. 
but there'll be more. Don't you worry about it. That that uh, Thunderbird will not address. At this point, if I'm Thunderbird, I'm like nobody on this team respects or likes me. <laughs> so, anyways, Boom Boom makes a bomb, gives it to Harness, but it doesn't work because he he can fly. I guess. How's about I cram this time bomb down your throat? Hey, no fair. I can't fly. Neither can I. Oh, I guess. Sorry, can't Sam. Fly. I think she's. Com- oh, it's a she. Okay. Sam, hurry. I think she's committing suicide. So Harness is a woman. Okay. I did not realize that that's this whole time. I think I can reach M in time. Uh, I guess that answers that. They weren't killing themselves. They were running away. They disappeared with some sort of teleporting trick. Does this mean the big kahuna cable's going to be mad at me? Asks Boom Boom. And then the cable has a gun to tower who is still gigantic. Mm-hmm. And he's like a little tiny man pointing his gun and dominoes on the other side. And then Cable just says, who, what, where, when, why, how? And Domino says, talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And they're not even question marks. They're periods. They're statements. (laughs) So if I was Tower, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) And I know it's supposed to be like, Tough. Awesome bad 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 acidness, but it's just so stupid. <laughs> it's it is very stupid. Uh, what I do like though is that they're basically standing on Tower's hair. Yeah, it went in his big form, holding guns to his head. I like that idea, but Tower's ability is to kind of shrink and expand, uh, so he could shrink himself, which would then knock these characters over. I guess his ankle is cut, so I don't think he could go very far, but. In any event, the bad business people are still playing chess. Learning this game very quickly. And, uh, yeah, we cut away from them. Do we ever learn who they are? I guess we'll find out. I don't think we do in either of these two annuals. Okay. Uh, so now the X-Factor or X-Force has gone to Gene Tech because I guess that's where Tower told them to go. And, uh,. They break into Gene Tech, and the new warriors show up. It's 20 pages later. Okay, so I guess they don't. I I was thinking the new warriors showed up like right away, but apparently not. No, they they fight some uh, a bunch of bunch of generals. It looks like it's like a whole group of generals. Maybe these are the. I don't know who these guys are, but or do they just have general hats? I don't know. <laughs> they they all have suit and ties. Uh it definitely looks they've like they've got some sort of uniformed hat on, if you will. I feel like these are high ranking guys, but where are the low ranking guys? I don't know. You normally don't send generals out to fight your battles. Well, I don't think anybody's being sent out to fight. These are these guys are just there. Cause X Force is breaking into Gene Tech and Gene Tech is just filled with generals. I feel like these are maybe like the bosses, if you will. There's a fun panel where Thunderbird punches one guy who cascades into three other guys. What have I gotten myself into with these people? Sorry, boys. And they should have done a cool little sound effect where it was just like thud, clunk, 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 clunk. Right. Um... Domino is outside in the uh, no longer helicopter. Now it's like a little spaceship. It's like a it's like a shuttlecraft from Star Trek. It's like the, do you remember the uh, SR-77, I think it was a Cobra vehicle, which had like a little smaller 
uh, pod attached to it. Are you talking about so it, like the it, Night it, Raven or something? Yeah, it looks it it, but it also looks like the Cobra Mamba, one of the things that you could pull off. Oh yeah. So it it could be either of those. But yeah, they they have this now, and I'm gonna guess that it was a part of the helicopter. Uh, Probably. We just never, you know, we never got a chance to see it. It merges back to the helicopter embedding. Yeah, it absolutely transforms. Because why would you get rid of a helicopter if you have an awesome helicopter? This is this is clearly a stealth shuttle. <laughs> right. And, yeah, so I guess Domino, all she's able to do is kind of coordinate because she's like 15 meters, fourth door on the left. That should be the main lab. So apparently they've got schematics for whatever this place is. I don't know what they're looking for, but they break into the restricted area and this place looks more complicated than the insides of my VCR, says Hipster Boom Boom. Well, yeah. I mean, all the kids of 1991 have a VCR, <laughs> which is kind it? of it's kind of funny because I guess if you are looking to talk about hip technology in 1991 or 1992, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with VCR being your go-to reference. The inside of a VCR, somewhat complicated, sure. Yeah, there's no Game Boys at this point. Farrell says, well, if there the instruction manuals in Japanese, I'm going home. Yeah. I think a better reference would have been, well, I guess everybody sort of knows what's going on inside of a VCR, right? You got like arms and, and, and dials and things that spin things around. So it's a complicated piece of machinery. But I think I would have gone, in order to sort of engage a hip young audience, I feel like you should have gone with a Game Boy. Okay. <laughs> or or just a Nintendo. That's true because you had you know by 1992 you, you know you, red light blinking and blowing into the cartridge like there's a lot of must be some complex stuff happening on it, inside of that thing and probably per capita more kids owned a Nintendo than they would own a VCR. But what kid hasn't popped the top off of their VCR and seen the little shiny heads? Whereas I feel like nobody ever pops the top off of their Nintendo. I think you're right. And if you pop the top off of a Nintendo, there's like a big metal shield there and you still can't see any electronics. Yeah. Whereas popping the top of a VCR reveals all sorts of mechanisms and chips it's and basically things. Basically just a big motherboard and some cool shiny heads. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm back on board with the VCR analogy. All right. <laughs> so that's when the new warriors pop in and they're like, stop where you are. And Night Thrasher says, make one move. And it's the last one you'll ever take. And then Cable says, everyone on my mark, take one step forward. <laughs> so I, stupid. <laughs> let's put a pin in that. I don't actually remember. I, I'm sure they take the step in the next issue, but I just don't know what it does. Well, first of all, make one move and it's the last one you'll ever take. I, it's, it's the dumbest thing anyone's ever said. <laughs> right. Um. That's to be continued next week. But before we move on to that, we have to talk about the backup story in here, which is the uh, uh, rem remnants of Freedom Force. The Killing Stroke Part 1, the first cut, Kuwait City. This is definitely like Operation Desert Shield, Desert Storm time frame. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have questions. Okay. I, I thought... I couldn't remember who was alive or dead. <laughs> right. I thought that avalanche had died on muir island no i think he was just wounded i also thought that super saber 
had died on Muir Island. I also thought Super Saver was dead, but he's here. So then I thought, well, maybe this takes place before that, but no. So was it just, um, oh man, who did die on Muir Island then? I don't remember. Um, Destiny. <laughs> well, yeah. I thought there was like, it was like a savage issue in which I know that Avalanche, like. Avalanche gets severely hurt, but I think, I think we think he's dead, but then like in a, in like a Avengers or something, we saw that somebody was like, Avalanche is okay. He just was really hurt, severely hurt. All right, I gotta look this up. Um, I'm assuming our boy Fabian Nicieza did his research and knows which members of the uh, Freedom Force are alive or dead. Yeah, I mean, I think as we talked about it, I, I thought there was like one character who clearly died, um, and I think it was, oh, gosh. Uh, the three newest members of Freedom Force were Crimson Commando, Super Saber, and oh yeah, the the wall guy. He's the guy that died. He died. I can't. I can't remember. Stonewall. Stonewall. Stonewall died for sure. God, I thought Avalanche. No, whatever. Because I think it's like Blob or somebody's like, oh my god, you killed him. I'm pretty sure we thought Avalanche was dead, but they brought him back in some other issue of something else. Sure. And just, and said, just that said he's hurt. And he, he was hurt. Yeah. Well, it's comics. They can do whatever they want. Anyways, uh, we're seeing Crimson Commando in a uniform we've never seen him in before. Oh, he's just got a helmet and some G.I. Joe stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. It's basically his outfit with more modern junk. So I guess they've been... Uh, consigned by the U.S. government for a probably a black ops mission in Kuwait City. They're supposed to <clears throat> uh, rescue a guy, or if they are unable to rescue them, they're to kill him. Yeah, and if it's if it is truly clandestine, I mean, people would be like, "Dude, there's that's the Blob. <laughs> I know him, <laughs> and that's Pyro. <laughs> they work for the U.S. government. <laughs> they're Freedom Force." Well, they do. There's some dialogue about how they're trying to keep things quiet because they don't want to draw attention to themselves. But yeah, yeah, I'm in. Uh, Pyro makes a giant flame monster. Blob is taking on tanks, and Crimson Commando is throwing grenades inside of the tank. Uh, uh, canopy, Super Saber's running around. Um, the biggest takeaway for me, I mean, I thought this was uh, kind of neat. Is they're sort of infiltrating this building. Um, you see Super Saber just kind of like running around doing some reconnaissance, uh, and he he stops. I think he stops for a moment to give a quick little report, and he gets shot in the head. And I was really? like, "Whoa, does this stick?" He 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 doesn't just get shot in the head. His head is removed from his body, right? And you actually get to see, you 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 see uh, sort of from a long shot uh, the body and the head separated. So very yeah. clearly, like Super Saber is dead. Everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> and everybody even sort of reacts like, oh, my God, what the heck was that? They don't know what happened, but uh, either a sniper or something just took off Super Saber's head. And they are pretty much uh, wrecked by their invisible assailant. It looks like somebody cuts off uh, what's his face? Crimson his arm. Commando's arm. Crimson Commando's arm, which uh, he earlier pointed out that he had a computer modem screen map on. <laughs> yes, that's right. I thought does. was a funny... Sort of. Why would you? Why wouldn't you just say a screen map? 
It's okay. You don't need to throw in all these other fancy words. The computer, okay. the computer modem screen map tells us we're only 100 meters away. Well, I mean, you know, they're trying to apply a little bit of reality to this. Every, well, I don't even know if everybody in 1992 knows that you need a modem to, quote-unquote, get online. Uh, but Fabian Nassizia knows that. However, at yeah. this point... Any sort of wireless communication is not going to be able to handle that type of, uh, at least consumer grade. Maybe there was something in the military that we're not aware of. But, yeah, I don't know why you don't just go with, like, my compu screen says. Exactly. <laughs> this is advanced technology. There's no, read, there's no need to throw in current technology yeah. that clearly does not support what you are attempting to do. My 300-baud computer modem <laughs> screen tells me. Yeah. So, anyways, um they yeah, are so, enveloped so he loses in his smoke. computer modem screen map. It also looks like he's killed, though. Well, I'm not sure if he's shot in the head or if it's just blood spraying into his face from his severed arm. It could I'm thinking be, it's just it's just blood spraying into his face from his severed arm. Yeah, but we'll find out next issue, presumably, because at the end of this, after pretty much all of Freedom Force has been taken care of, Sans Blob, the uh, are they all killed though? Well, no, they're just... You're right, because Blob's got uh, Crimson Commando in cradled in his arms. Avalanche is whacked by uh, like a like a shadow, uh, like a sword-wielding shadow monster. But yeah. he doesn't look like he's killed. Uh, and Pyro's fire sort of backfires and burns him, or... Somebody, I guess so. Smoke's thicker than Blob's gut, yeah. uh, and he just disappears into the smoke. So I'm suspecting that most of them, with the exception of the fast guy whose head got cut off, are still alive. So I've never read this before. So then we, we Blob does face off with um, Arabian-looking guys, I guess. Uh, people, I should say, because there, there's also a woman here. She kind of looks like a like a genie, I guess. They all kind of look genie-esque, if you will. Um, I feel like we've seen some of these people before in other comics, but I couldn't tell you any who any who any of them are. And one of the guys has has the man that they're trying to uh, either rescue or kill, kind of uh, held up by the scruff of his neck, and they're like. Uh, you have to ask yourself, American, is he really worth dying for? And should your answer be yes, then Desert Sword is ready to comply. So this team of sword-wielding people is known as Desert Sword. Um, I, because it's comics and because it's a backup story in an annual, believe that Super Saber is not dead. And one of these characters <laughs> has the ability to do illusions. Okay. That's my prediction, but I don't know. I mean... Super Saver is not a character that really matters in the long run. So it, it feels like if you're going to get rid of somebody, he's the one to get rid of. But that said, it's comics. So I could see it either way. So then we get a third or a second backup story called Close Encounters of the Mutant Kind, which uh, Judy Bogdanova and John Bogdanova banged out in a weekend because <laughs> the story's not great and the art is, is not up to uh, uh, par. The, the art's fine. It's it's not amazing, but it's not terrible. Um, but it was a, it was a fun little story about uh, you know Leech and Artie and Taki. Uh, we get a nice little <laughs> it's, cameo with Gene and Scott. It's bad. You've got um, Taki's wearing like a like a traditional turban and baggy pants. 
Artie's dressed up like a like an Indian, not not a Native American, but he's got like a loincloth and a headband and two feathers coming out of it. They're doing a presentation of It's a Small World. It's where pretty bad. You, you have representations of... Uh, poor representations. Like, you, have, you have cliched representations yes. of every culture that they could think of well, to put some, in this. Some cultures. Um, and they're singing It's a Small World, after yeah. all. Yeah. But the the, it's fine. the panel that bothers me the most is when Artie jumps into Gene's arms for a hug. And obviously, you know, they they would have a kinship due to sort of being sort of pseudo parents. But Artie is practically naked. <laughs> and I, I just don't like the visual. That's just his costume. It's fine. <laughs> I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, anyway, so... X-Factor can't stick around, though, and then the rest of the story is basically this well, crazy you're, old You're lady. missing the fact that Gene and Cyclops take off on yet another sky skiff. Oh. <laughs> I do like the fact that Leech uh, takes Scott's powers down a notch, uh, a, a, a notch so that he can take off his glasses. Yeah, it's a nice little touch. Thanks for damping down my optic blast, Leech. We're really glad, glad we came, guys. Well, it's not enough time, buddy. We gotta go. <laughs> We're out of here. So, um, Taki decides that he is going to build a little, um, space saucer. And Artie and Leech get into it. Uh, Leech misses his mother, his Morlock mother, An- Anali. Annalee. Annalee. So they're flying around, and then this old lady who looks very similar to Annalie. Exactly like Annalie. But is not Annalie. No. Uh, she's been seeing aliens, and now she actually sees a flying saucer with two bug-eyed-looking creatures in the cockpit, and she calls the police. She's reading, like, a uh, alien magazine, and she's got a little camera ready just in case. And so she's on TV sort of talking about, like, I saw aliens. There's a space saucer and these two aliens in the cockpit and Taki and uh, Leech and Artie like, hey, we should go find the aliens. Maybe we would get a parade, not realizing <laughs> that they themselves are actually the aliens that they're referring to. Yeah. And we get a lot of talk about the police about, like, all right, well, this probably isn't real, but let's go. Let's go do this. Yeah, they're let's... armed up with, like. Machine guns with scopes and helmets, and, like, they're ready. Like, panic's about to set in, everybody. And she got some good Polaroid photos of the UFO this time, so now everybody's getting into it. So, yeah, they're flying around, and uh, uh, they fly over sort of this mob, and they run out of control because Leech gets just a little too close to Taki, and the ship starts kind of careening down towards, like a like, a... Like a tower, like a clock tower. And that's when this mob is like, look up in the sky. There it is. We got to go get it. Look, some men running fast. They must be running after the aliens. We can still get ahead of them. Let's follow them so that we can get to the aliens. And so Taki turns his wheelchair into like a like a hot rod uh, cartoons-esque motorcycle. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And they, they zoom off. And we finally get our payoff where they go to the old lady and the uh, uh, Artie is looking in her window and she's looking out the windy- window and they see each other and they scream, ah, and these are nice panels. Yeah. This is this is the the best art of the uh, 
this particular story. It's these two panels. I think it's actually Leech because Leech is getting the boost up and Artie does a projection of like, hey, why don't we just knock on the door? Why are we like poking oh. our head through the window? Which I also thought was a nice touch. Okay. Uh, she freaks out. Leech freaks out. Everybody comes collapsing. And that's when the police come and they're like, hey, you kids, you're mutants. Touch them. That's the space aliens. Well, they're not. They're just uh, mutants. Yeah. And he's like, you know, some some people don't cotton well to mutants, so you might want to get get a move on. Oh, and we'll go back to school. We're sorry. Don't tell anybody. And Leech starts calling her mama, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Well, wait a minute. You know, just, just give me that. I may have been a bit hasty, but yeah, you know, you don't don't frighten these kids. And I'm gonna take them in and hang out with them now." And, and she does the right thing. She's like, look, I'm I'm not your mama. I can't be your mama. But you know what? I overreacted and, and it looks like you guys are lonely and, and I'd like to I'd like to be your Grammy. Why don't you come by and hang out with me whenever you want? And Leech is now content that he's found a family. And it's I like the the fact that they're not sort of placating it of like, Oh, I lost my children and you lost your mom and <laughs> you can be my like they don't do that. They're like, I'll I'll be your Grammy. It's a nice little story. And then aliens are peering in through the window in the at the end. Well, that's the twist, Adam. Yeah, it's great. This is <laughs> uh, uh, a ghost written by M. Night Shyamalan. Of course, yes. <laughs> this was his first uh, writing assignment. And they're afraid of water. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens in that? Yes, yes it is. We get a New Mutants organizational chart, which is kind of cool. Um, I didn't bother. I like the fact that it breaks it down by issue. Oh. So you got Cannonball in every issue. And then you got your, towards the end, you got Domino, Warpath, Shatterstar, and Feral only in a handful of issues. Shatterstar's only in one. That's a good point. It's neat. I like charts like this. And then you got your leaders and whatever. (laughs) Uh, It's cool. I didn't even, I didn't even put, I thought this was like a power meter pan. I was like, I can't figure out what's happening. Uh, it's just the issues that they were in. Yep. Um, and you get a couple of Liefeld uh, uh, picture galleries. You get, a, you get a typical Liefeld one, which looks like every other Liefeld one, and then you get an Art T-Bear one, which is kind of refreshing. It's like, oh, this is what normal art looks like. I like this. Yeah, it's a really good... It's good. Uh, especially the warlock in the background. Yeah. Let's let this guy draw something. And everybody's sort of reflective of their personalities, right? You have Rain there still, and she's kind of pensive, and Sunspot looks angry. Cannonball's like, oh, golly, I'm excited. Let's go do an adventure. Richter looks angry. <laughs> like I said, Warlock looks cool. Uh, Cable might be the only one that's sort of out of place, because he looks optimistic. He's like, I can change the world with this group of people. Yeah, well, you know. So that's, that's what Cable should have been like. Yeah, maybe. Uh, in this issue, was it this? No, it's the next issue. Uh, somebody refers to Cable, uh, and Cable's like, oh, I don't go by that name anymore. Yeah, that was weird. So we'll have to find that. I think it's in the New Warriors issue. The implication being, I guess, that Cable has gone by a lot of different names, which is, I guess, okay. Uh, although, knowing what we know kind of doesn't make any sense. Adam, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know that I actually know what I think I know. When it comes well, to cable, when it comes to cable, all I know is that he's from the future. So I guess he could have gone back in time under different assumed names and hung out with Moira McTaggart 
and hung out with, uh, I guess, one of the new Warriors' dads or something. Night Thrasher's dad, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. I guess all of that is possible. And since he was so intimately familiar with the timeline, he's like, well, I can't mess with this. So um, I can't actually appear in anything that matters until I meet the New Mutants. Yeah. <laughs> so New Warriors, annual number one, Kings of Pain, part two. We get our second Mignola cover, although it's by Bagley and Mignola, so I think it's drawn by Mark Bag- Mark Bagley uh, and uh, inked by Mignola. Uh, oh, Mignola. so you you have Harness still holding piecemeal and in, in much the same pose. Yeah, and then you, in fact, it might be the exact same pose. I don't know. Uh, and then you've got in the back. So each cover must feature those two characters surrounded by whatever team. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's my guess. Sure. It's thematic. That's fun. Sure. All right. We cut to where we left off. X-Factor V New Warriors. or X. Oh, I keep calling them X-Factor. It's X-Force. Yeah, Adam. Get it right. The problem they have is that everybody keeps calling them New Mutants, but I keep calling them X-Factor. <laughs> uh, clearly, you didn't get the memo. No, I didn't. And... Uh... Do they take their one step forward? I don't. I don't think they actually do, because <clears throat> they're basically sprung into action now. Yeah, I mean uh, that that line was just for that the end of that issue. Oh, like to go well, like, oh, that's so cool. Right, right. Which is weird because if you're handing off writing de- duties, you could sort of ex- accept that. But since Fabian Nassisi is basically you know helming this entire thing, how would you not have that? Unless maybe this is the step, even though I think everybody's sort of uh, in in a different location than they were last time. I think you're looking into it way too much. You're right. I definitely am. <laughs> you just got to let it go. It was there for the purpose of being a cool line and it succeeded. It was probably the coolest line in comics ever. <laughs> so they're getting ready to fight. Uh, Domino's going to do some some looking up. Uh, of of who these people are, Cable's like I remember I recognize one of these Mercs from my stint in Africa. Just being polite, yeah. Cable out. <laughs> uh, let me know who these people are. I'd hate to kill them if they're on our side. And Domino's like the new and improved Cable. And he's like, Nah, but I recognize one of them. Like you said, Merc from my stint in Africa. Cable out. Yeah. So then they they fight. And they're pretty much, you know, it's a classic Marvel fight where they're more or less evenly matched. Yeah. Because you don't want to have anybody uh, be too superior. Yeah. Uh, they fight for quite a while uh, until, uh, doesn't Domino say like, hey, hold on. I can't remember <laughs> where that happens because there's an awful lot of fighting here. We do get Pharaoh calling uh, Warpath Geronimo Geronimo again. There's another one. And and this time Warpath doesn't say anything. Well, he's in the middle of fighting. So, you know, maybe maybe he whispers to her afterwards like, hey, knock it off. Remember, I told you before, don't do that. Well, and the other thing is, like, we've already used Geronimo. So now just now uh, Fabian Assisi is just recycling. And. Namorita punches Warpath and says, The name's Namorita, big boy, but a hunk like you can call me late for breakfast. I don't know what that means, <laughs> other than 
I think she's coming on to him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. If you play nice, fall down, and go boom, I prefer my first dates with a, a little more romantic, if you don't mind. We'll have to work on it, she says, as she's punched unconscious. <laughs> okay, so she's into Warpath. That's cool. I guess. <laughs> uh, and then Shatterstar and Night Thrasher, they're, they're fighting one another. Um, Cannonball and Kid Nova, they're also fighting one another. Yeah, you know, every team has certain characters that kind of match certain other characters from other teams. Who is this uh, black guy with the big gun? Says, Marvel Boy, Teak Shield, high and deep, now. Oh, his name is Cord. Cord. I don't know who Cord is. Wait, what are you? So he's like the uh, kind of mentor of the New Warriors. I don't think he's Thrash- Night Thrasher's father, because mm. I think Night Thrasher's parents are dead. But I think he's the maybe related to Night Thrasher's somehow. Sure. Um, but he's the one that took Night Thrasher in and trained him and then said, you need to get a team. And now he's sort of the chaperone, if you will, of the team. He's the cable to the X-Force. We learn that Sam, without flying, can extend a blast field sort of on command, which is a new ability. But then they do talk about it's like, hey, it's a good thing we practiced that. Yeah, they uh, they sort of fire a bunch of nukes in the house or something, and they both have enough to protect each other. And then Gene Tech shows up and is like, cut it out. <laughs> yeah. I asked the new warriors to help protect my faculty from a possible outside attack, not destroy it from within. So they're sort of, they've stopped talking. Um, and that's what, this is when Domino cuts in and she's like, Domino to Cable, quit the fighting. The make I did on the warrior show, they're clean. A couple of them are even mutants. There is a reference to Africa again where Cord says, how long can you keep it up, boy? And Cable responds, as long as it takes, Cord. North Africa 73, remember? Long as it takes. I thought, doesn't he call him a name or is it just like you were around in 1973? Is that the only? I think it. I think it's coming. I don't, or, or we missed it. But yeah, it, it's definitely a thing that happens. I think they call him Steve, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Steve, that's me, Cord. Quiet. Yeah. I don't go by that name anymore. He says that. I think he says, like, I've gone by a lot of names or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember. That'll they're get, still that'll figuring all get retconned. Uh, cable out. Yeah. But they're doing enough things smartly so that whatever they figure out, they can easily retcon. I, yeah, I guess. They work for Oprah Industries, which is sort of weird. I mean, it's technically Ofra Industries, but <laughs> yeah. I just kept reading it as Oprah. Sure. Well, that's how she got her start. She did this and then she did talk shows. <laughs> should I should I develop my work into gene tech or talk shows? Hmm. Oh, why not do both? Okay, oh, that sounds even better. So they now have a lot of dialogue. So for whatever reason, the new warriors are running around gene tech, kind of protecting them. It has to do with stuff that happened in New Warriors. I don't know, uh, but they come together that they're sort of. Uh, both after the same thing. Right. Gene Tech feels like they're getting used by AIM or something like that. At any rate, we cut back to the two people playing chess. One of them now who looks like Toad. Well, hang on a second. Before that, we go to the, the people at the top of the building, right? And uh, they're still at their board table. And oh, they're like, right. oh, at the, the alliance has been meeting. captured. One guy reveals himself, comes out of the shadows. I don't know who he is, but he says, Harness and piecemeal are at large. As long as they proceed... With file project 
Matt 6266, we can continue with our plans. After all, the Alliance was nothing more but than glorified bodyguards. This is uh, Pennington Hathermore. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then we go back to Vail, Colorado, where, as you said, it looks like, I don't know about Toad, I'm going to go with Mastermind um, playing chess with Gideon. Okay. Or Morbius. Yeah, sure. Um, I say Toad because he's got the little poofy things on his, but a mastermind works as well. Toad, I think, would be just a little bit more squat. He'd be drawn lower. He'd probably also not be talking like this. Right. Either way, we we cut back to Piecemeal and uh, Harness. Piecemeal has a sweatsuit on now that says Toxic Parent, uh, and he has grown quite a bit since we last saw him. He, what do you think the toxic parent is about? Is that like a deep cut 1990s reference to some band or something? I I don't know. It's like um, uh, members only jackets, except this was the toxic parent sweatsuit. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Uh, I think, yeah, somebody's just like trying to be cool and this means something to somebody. Okay. Or maybe us as kids are supposed to be like, Oh, toxic parents, golden crossbones, sweet. <laughs> Dude, I totally relate to that. I'm putting this on my skateboard, toxic parent. I'm going to go up to my dad and be like, Dad, you're toxic parent. Harness talks about how his powers are, he, he, has, a, he has a harness, and he finds the energy to keep a tight leash, and then he absorbs it. Or he, he finds the energy, and then piecemeal absorbs the energy. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess we already kind of knew that stuff. But if you're tuning into New Warriors for the first time, this is important. Oh, it's not toxic parent, Adam. It's toxic parents. Yeah, yeah you know, whatever. Both mom <laughs> and dad are toxic. We get a demonstration of harnesses. Harnesses. So he's got many of them up to this point. We'd only seen one, but now he's got, like, five of them wrangling in piecemeal. And then by next issue, he'll have 10. I hope so. So <laughs> piecemeal's done. He's like, I'm so full. I don't want to eat anymore. And and uh, Harness is like, do it or I'll stab you. And so he does. Yeah. And now he's even fatter. Eat it. Eat it all up. Eat it all. I don't know why Harness gets off on piecemeal eating stuff. It's, it's pretty weird. I'm sure we'll find out. Good boy. That wasn't so bad, was it? Eat every last bit of food on your plate. Let's go find us a plane to get us out of here because his teleporter broke. <laughs> I guess. It was a thing from that we skipped over. Oh, but yeah, yeah his, okay. his teleporter broke and he was complaining about it. Frenzy is uh, in prison and she's banging on the door to get out when a hologram is like, get on the floor right now. And she's she punches the hologram and then she gets blowed back. She's like, what the? And this person's like, get on a helicopter. And it turns out to be X-Force? It's X-Force and, and the New lady? And the New Warriors. Oh. The, the, warrior, the, the lady is one of, and she's not a New Warrior, but she's like a friend of Night Thrasher. So okay. I don't know if she's going to be a New Warrior at some point. They're on a different helicopter now. They're not on the X-Force gunship. They're on... I'm- Thinking it's the same helicopter, just drawn differently by a different artist. Yeah, but Cable's not flying it. It's it's um it's Night Thrasher's. Oh, friend. so Cord is flying it. So it's New Warriors's yeah. helicopter. And it looks okay. like it looks like um from the silhouette, anyways. It looks like Airwolf. 
<laughs> do you remember Airwolf? Yeah, I do. It's just a different artist representation. But I, if this is New Warriors' is, is, is helicopter, then yeah, they wouldn't have the same helicopter. They would have their own helicopter. Adam, why aren't there airwolf more shows like Knight Rider and uh, Airwolf? Shows about a vehicle that have characters as ancillary co-stars. Why don't those um, shows exist anymore, Adam? I don't know. We're we're in an era of uh, we're in a post reflect. We had a, we had a really great era of television for a while. Yes, where we had our Breaking Bad's, our Mad Men's, our our well written character study, our type Sopranos. Stuff. Yeah, and now we're in this era of post that where everything is just trying to be that, but all the writers suck. So, or they're just you spread just, too thin. You got maybe yeah. every one of these writing teams has one of those classic good writers, but so you you still got your better call Sauls, which yeah, you know yeah. those that's you know you got you got good stuff out there, but it there's exists. just it's so saturated that most of it's just bad. But the point is, and I'm not saying Airwolf or Knight Rider or the Dukes of Hazard or any vehicle based show was ever good. I just wonder, like, why don't, I mean, in, in a sea of as many shows as we've got between Prime and Hulu and Netflix and Peacock and Universal, etc., how come there's not a single show that because revolves that's, around that's, a vehicle? That's what I was getting to, is oh. that's that's not what, what's in vogue right now. What's in vogue is trying to make another character analysis show that mm. is, like, super amazing. Either that or, like, a Game of Thrones-style show. Um there was a Knight Rider reboot in the 2000s, which I don't think lasted very long. I can't imagine. Uh, I think it was produced by Hasselhoff. Yeah, Because, of course, it was. So, writers, you know, when everybody's making a right turn, trying to do the same thing, you make your mark by turning left. And Yeah, you're, it's it's true. It's time that we get a, you know... I want, I want a show about a futuristic motorcycle uh, that has an actor that rides it. Uh, we don't care about him or his name or her or her name. All we care about is seeing that sweet futuristic uh, motorcycle spring into action. That's all we're waiting for. Like the 10 minutes of dialogue is really just like, come on, get to the good stuff. And then we see yeah. the motorcycle show up. We're like, yeah. And don't it flies. It floats. It, it can does go whatever it needs to do. <laughs> Absolutely. And we established this right away in the in the two hour pilot. Oh man, it can do, it can fly in space, uh, but it's got limitations, right? It can only fly in space for five minutes. So there was a, there was a short lived show. It lasted like two seasons and it wasn't, wasn't a vehicle based, but it felt like it was sort of hearkening back to that style of show. Uh, it was human target hmm. and it was, uh, it was, it had a good first season. And then the second season wasn't very good. Okay. So I don't know what happened, but yeah, never heard of it. It, it. it harkened back to that style of action show. It wasn't vehicle based at all, but it was it was a similar kind of one off sort of thing where people would get into a situation and then get out of the situation, and it was decent. Yeah, and for I don't want I don't want anybody talking about like how Discovery is based on the ship and the new Enterprise is based on the ship because it's not. Like the no, ship shows up and does a thing. We got all these characters dealing with all these problems and stuff. Yeah. Like I'm talking about like the show should be named after the vehicle. I guess Discovery is. So never mind. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyways. Anyways, uh yeah, so they they cable capture captures the lady that they just broke out of prison 
and has her holding he's holding her by her arm off of the side of the helicopter and he's like tell us everything you want us to know because what you told us before about gene tech was a total lie although it wasn't you that told us it it was tower but you're not supposed to remember that yeah um and then he she tells him the truth i guess well uh, uh, cable's like i'm gonna let you go if you don't tell the truth and so finally she tells the truth um, I guess they're in a warehouse in Brooklyn and she draw or cable drops her and she's like, you promised and uh cable in a badass line. He's like, I lied. Will she survive a drop like that? Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. Let's make sure that we clear that up, that she's not going to die. Yeah. Nobody knows this. I mean, we, we know that frenzy is strong, but we, we don't know that Frenzy's not going to like snap her neck as she falls. From Domino has files on her. I don't know. She's, she's got, there's like an addendum to her files. We'll survive fall from yeah. this high, but Re- not this high. What if there's like a giant spike that she lands on? Is she going to survive that? What if they drop her over the ocean and she lands in the mouth of a shark? Is she going to survive that? Well, no. But well, there I you mean, go. Domino can clearly see the ground from here. Mm. And she probably has cyber vision so she's just making sure there are no spikes in the grass what if she's looking at the ground and there's nothing there and she's like yeah she'll be fine and as frenzy's falling to the ground a garbage truck pulls up frenzy lands in the back of the garbage truck and somebody pushes that button which compacts all the garbage and frenzy's smushed well as we saw in teenage mutant ninja turtles you can survive that because shredder came back for teenage mutant ninja turtles too that's true that's a good point and he didn't even have uh, special powers no he was just a guy yeah in a tin can suit. That scene is is uh, is very funny when you think about it, right? With Casey Jones just kind of standing there, and he pushes the buttons and makes that whoops, uh, Oops. oopsie, yeah. and and then the movie's over, and you're like, yeah, pizza time, and you're like, no, that man just brutally murdered a defenseless other person. Well, you know, and then not did defenseless. the and did the oops? Did I do that? Yeah. Shredder was bad. Kids' movies used to be a lot, uh, a lot grittier than they are today. Well, uh, you know that first one was, and then the second one, they were like, "Well, uh, we better get rid of all their weapons." <laughs> Which I never realized. It's like nobody uses their weapons, and except for Michelangelo uses like uh, uh, cold cuts hmm. as nunchucks. But, uh, yeah, nobody actually uses their weapons in the second movie. It's not even like a practice montage? No, they're, they, they're, they're there still for hmm. no reason, but they just don't use them. Huh. They're, they're, a focus group was like, we don't like that they carry swords. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like that these mutant ninja turtles have swords. And apparently in the UK, even the cartoon, uh, or so, I guess some places there were the mutant ninja uh, or no, ninja was the word ninja was banned. So they, I think Japan weirdly was one of those places. But uh, teenage mutant hero turtles, oh, I think is like like UK name. And I think in some things, Donatello or no, Michelangelo gets different weapons. Uh, he gets like tunfas instead of of nunchucks because they thought nunchucks were not kid appropriate. I don't know. Lots of weird stuff. Start swinging those around, you're going to hit yourself in the head. Yeah, that's true. I mean, safety first. Yeah. Swords are okay, though. So they drop Frenzy. They head off to the warehouse. Um, They talk about maybe making a a sneaky entrance. 
but then Shatterstar blasts a hole in the warehouse and they, they jump in. There. Yeah. <laughs> now let's sneak in. Uh, they don't find anything because apparently either Frenzy lied or they were done with whatever they were doing here. Not much for subtlety, are they? A real Reagan-era group we're dealing with here. My father voted for Reagan. This is timely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Got some politics. Yeah. Uh, so then the New Mutants and the New Warriors head off to the grounds of the mansion, and they find that they've been locked out for some reason, even though I feel like they just left. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, they would be the last people there. Yeah. So I think they locked themselves out and are just not willing to admit it. <laughs> yeah, right. Because Cannonball's like, huh, security code sequences have been changed. And in yeah. the back of his head, he's like, oh, man, I really wish we wouldn't have changed those security <laughs> sequences. I forgot what I made the password now. So now Marita rips the door off. They get in. They got to dodge a whole bunch of traps that have been set for some reason. Feral runs through it. Does a, I don't like Feral. She, she's got no character depth at all. Well, she's, you know, she's there to be the rain. But not really. She's she's uh, a complete she's opposite, like, right? She's got no character depth. She's not afraid of everything. She wants to have sex with everything, uh, and she's got no filter. She's that's what, her personality. Yeah, she's she's what you know teenage boys of the '90s think are awesome. Okay, that's and fair. that's 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 what X Force is. Every character is very uh, awesome, sh- shallow but awesome. So she turns off the security devices, and then they uh, they make their way to Cerebro, which they had on their helicopter, by the way, but this is a bigger, better Cerebro, I guess. Yeah, they need the real Cerebro now. Yeah. Uh, and apparently Boom Boom knows how to operate Cerebro. So she yeah, so Boom Boom's a hacker now, so yeah. good for her. She's the Kitty Pride of the group. She's able to... Even though Kitty Pride earned that because we saw scenes of her like like working on it and improving it and learning how to program, and then she used her hacker abilities. Uh, Boom Boom just sits down. She's like, clickety, clickety, click. Look, there it is. This feels like a, what does Boom Boom really do? <laughs> well, let's make, her, let's make her like computer whiz. But Domino's sort of the computer whiz. Yeah, but she's a backup. Yeah, Domino's not here in this scene, so yeah. <laughs> we need somebody else. So they pull up a map. Uh, they they find, uh, I guess, the various locations that uh, piecemeal's been absorbing. Um, and then they figure out that they need to go to Muir Island. Yeah. Because uh, something has to do with, uh, what's her name's kid? Proteus. Proteus. I mean, that's what we find out at the end of this issue, is that they're trying to recreate Proteus. But we're not there yet. Um, Harness and Piecemeal absorb even more power in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, Piecemeal is gigantic at this point. And, uh, yeah. Soon we're going to have more power than anyone else on the planet has ever seen. The New Mutants and the New Warriors go back to Gene Tech. So they've just been going all over the place. X-Force. X, sorry, the X-Force. X-Force <laughs> and uh, the New Warriors. Um, and I don't know. That's when they put together this whole thing about they're trying to bring back Proteus. And we get a we get a, a splash panel for some reason of Phoenix and Nightcrawler and classic Colossus, classic Wolverine, and classic Cyclops shooting down Proteus. Because it's cool. 
And uh, this will then be continued in X-Men Annual number 15. Wait a minute. Didn't the X-Men fight someone in Edinburgh a few years years back? Mr. Cable, am I right? Better get on the phone, Mirile. We have to tell them that AIM is trying to recreate the most powerful mutant this planet's ever seen. Tell Moira McTaggart they're trying to bring her son back to life. A man who has the able, who is able to manipulate reality and battle the X-Men as if they were toys. Tell her AIM is trying to recreate Proteus. Adam, will you repeat the name of that city? Uh, what city? There was a city? You, you, yeah, you mentioned a city up at the top of that whole thing. The city that Moira is is, is based around. Are you referring to the fact that I said Mere Isle instead of Mere Island? No. Oh. Uh, Marvel Boy says, he says, wait a minute, didn't the X-Men fight someone in... Oh, uh, isn't it Edinburgh? You said Edinburgh. Uh, well, I meant, I, I, in my head, I said Edinburgh, so what I said out loud doesn't count. But even that's wrong, Adam. The Scottish what? are just up in arms, tearing well, their hair What is hair it, off. then? Would Ed- you just tell me? Edinburgh. Oh, Everybody knows that, Adam. Edinburgh. I don't have a Scottish accent, so I... You don't need a Scottish accent. Well, you're pronouncing it with a thick Scottish accent. (laughs) You're doing... What you're doing is culture appropriation. So... And I'm not happy about it. (laughs) That's fair. Um, Oh, man. There was... Crap. I'm not going to get it right. There was a customer that I was doing work with. Oh, shoot. This is a great story. Yeah, yeah, it, it sort of fell apart. But <laughs> but the name of the city, like us Midwesterners, or I guess Adam, you're not necessarily you're, you're like a you're like a New Yorker. I don't know what I am. I've lived everywhere. Um, I'm an East oh, Coaster. Crap. I don't know. It wasn't New Orleans where like like the locals would, would pronounce it. Nolans, or, or maybe that's how I pronounce it because that's how I think they pronounce it. In any event, whatever the city was, like. They'd be like, blah, 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 Nolans. And you'd be like, whoa, like, you're not from there. Don't say it like that. <laughs> um, it wasn't St. Louis. God bless it. It was one of those names of a city that you just kind of like munge in your mouth. And like, that's the way you <laughs> munge say it. Munge in your mouth. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I like I that. Munge in your mouth. It's going to come to me and, and we'll be reading something else. And I'll be like, it was this place. Because now it's going to bother me. Because anytime anybody said it, I was like, "Ugh, just say it the way you, you want to say it." Well, we got two more things to go, so you have you have probably got a half hour to remember it in. <laughs> All right. There's an origin of Night Thrasher, which I don't care about. Is there anything else in this issue that we care about? The uh, the only thing is that there's we get we get stories about each of the new warriors. Yeah, a little um, little origin of each one of these characters. Yeah, Beast shows up in the Speedball one and saves Speedball's life, and uh, that's that's it. Uh, there's also some flashbacks to some Wolverine stuff in the uh, Firestar one. Other than that, we have no references to anything. Oh yeah, and the Frost also is in the uh, Firestar one. But yeah, Beast saves Speedball's life, and some guy says, "Weren't for the Beast, I would have, I could have hit that kid." That's it. Okay. And it turns out that Speedball would have died because his powers were temporarily off and he didn't even realize it. Whoa. Whoa. That's crazy. Uh, And that takes us to Marvel Fanfare, number 55. Yeah. Yeah, this is is a story that I don't know where it takes place, but it was from a while back because magic's still 
there and Warlock's still alive. Well, even Al, what's his face is like, how do I explain the timeline here? And, yeah. then, and then he just says, well, it's a, uh, don't worry about it. Apparently they wrote this story and then the penciler who was supposed to draw it didn't do anything for a while. And so they rewrote the story to follow modern continuity, but then they still didn't put it out. So I don't know if they rewrote it again or if they just released it. So it's just not, it's out of continuity, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, it's mainly a power pack story with magic and uh, warlock. But we wouldn't be Danger Room if we didn't cover every single little thing. And it's to be fair, it's not a bad story. But it's mainly a power pack story, in which one of the kids is getting beat up on a regular basis, but he's he's like, I can't use my powers because I would be wrong. It's Jack. He's it's the Jack. he's the hothead of the group and he's being bullied. Yeah. And he's like, I, w- I really want to use my powers, and they're like, No, you can't use your powers because like Louisville. Uh, that's what it was, Adam. What? Louisville. Louisville? So you and I <laughs> It's, I told you it would just come to uh, – so you and I would say Louisville. Louisville. Louisville, yeah. Kentucky, right? Even though sometimes it's it's spelled like Louisville. Louisville. Most people don't say Louisville. Uh, people that would generously say Louisville. I've seen it spelled both ways, Louisville and Louisville, like I-E. In both ways, I would pronounce it Louisville. But I'm I'm working in my Wisconsin office with some people, and they're like, yeah, we got to do this thing for Louisville. And I'm like, what? For who? <laughs> Louisville. I'm like – Louisville is no, no Louisville. You get on the phone with those guys, you say Louisville. They're gonna you get to Louisville. It's like, oh, okay. Sounds like the guy really had munge in his mouth. <laughs> See, that's and what I had to Google, and it didn't come up. As I said, uh, name of a city you say with marbles in your mouth. Now it didn't come up, but somehow that was enough to click in my Louisville uh, 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 pronunciation. Now, why was I talking about that? I don't know. Because uh, of Edinburgh. Oh, Edinburgh. Which, you know, I just say Edinburgh, but you got to go Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Everybody. Well, you didn't say Edin. Edin- you sound like a 1920s newsman. You said Edinburgh. No, I didn't. <laughs> I never once said Edinburgh. Oh, I yes, knew you did. that much. Now you're just, now you're just creating stuff. I'm editing this one, so I will, I will have said whatever I wanted to have said. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> ha! Uh, yeah. And then, uh, but then there's, there's other cultural differences like, um, I knew some folks that that would go out to San Francisco and they do things, and then you'd be like, "Hey, where you where where you been?" They've been like, "Yeah, I was out at Frisco." And I Googled that once, and um, people the, the responses I got were, um, "How to know if you're not from San Francisco? You call it Frisco." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, yeah, that makes sense." So it's, I can't keep track of what I'm supposed to call a place, but the two things that I do know is it's Edinburgh and Louisville. And San Francisco. Or uh, yeah. San Fran. Well, it's definitely not Frisco. I don't know about anything else. I wonder if San Fran is acceptable. I don't or is know. It, or is it just like Frisco? Do you call it, you just call it the, the SF? <laughs> that's what I, that's what, anytime I'm in the SF, that's what I call it. Sander Frander? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Sander Frander this weekend. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, you normies call it Frisco. But we in the know, it's Sander Frander. Haven't you had so any of that Sander Fander wine? It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so for whatever reason, Magic and Warlock are hanging out together at Power Packs school. I don't know why. 
Yeah, and they're not, they don't even really interact with Power Pack much. Um, not towards the, not until the end. Warlock's sort of in his human disguise. He's like dribbling a basketball and magic's kind of reflected on like, Hoff oh, Belasco wouldn't have uh, aged me up. I could have had a normal childhood and never got it like this. Uh, so she's kind of lamenting that and uh, Warpath is trying to figure out how to be human. Um, and then some crazy stuff happens. Yeah, there's like a little mini magic that turns into a crazy monster. Um, and it turns out that it is one of the demons from Limbo who is trying to take over Limbo, I guess. Mm-hmm. You might remember my malevolent mistress, the Enchantress. Sure. I sure. mean, are we, is this the Thor Enchantress that we're talking about? I don't. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> So Power Pack gets involved because this is essentially a Power Pack story. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jack is down in the basement. Well, he yeah, he's been bullied this whole time, and and he's sort of wrestling with like, well, I can't use my powers because it'll reveal my secret identity. Wouldn't be fair to the other kid, but at the same time, he's not really standing up for himself. And the bullies, these are like these are like bullies. They're like, let's go find Jack and beat him up. Right. Why? Because we're cool. Because we're bullies. There's, there's like no reason. There's no provocation. Is and then I think even Jack gets in trouble from a teacher because Jack gets beaten up in the middle of class or something like that. Uh, and there, there's a janitor who is keeps def- finding Jack and defending him. But and the janitor also has a special secret. Yeah, we find out that the janitor got hit by some waste or something. He he got altered, so he's he's strong. He's like, well. Geez, maybe I should join some of these superheroes, but then uh, he... His whole thing is that, why did he get these powers? Because, like, he hasn't really done anything with his life, but he's not really, like... Oh, yeah, so he's, so he, yeah, he's like, what do I do? So he's basically sort of, like, the first superhero, because he's like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with myself, but then I saw Captain America, the Human Torch, and uh, Namor, I was like, well, geez, I, I should join those guys. So I made up a uniform, but I cut my hand with my scissors, and I got a bunch of stitches, and I said, this life isn't for me, and... So I showed my wife my ability, and she left me. <laughs> so I'm a janitor. And well, I just, she, didn't, she didn't leave him. She just said, don't ever do that again. And he, so he didn't. I and think then she, she does. Died. Oh, then she dies. Okay, right. So then he's alone, and nobody accepts his powers. Uh, and so ultimately, he rescues Jack as the basement collapses, even though Jack's got um He gravity. thinks he rescues Jack. Technically, oh, yeah. Jack is helping right he even, he doesn't he doesn't realize it. He even thinks like well i'll just kind of nudge him to to give him some of my g-force yeah. uh, because even this guy's like oh i've never held anything this heavy but one two three whoa i did it well this is why i have my powers it was all to get to this point in my life and be able to protect you now i can live the rest of my days content because knowing what you're capable of knowing that you're special even if no one else realizes it is a pretty satisfying thing and jack's like he's right yeah. I won't tell anyone about your secret, Gus. Thanks, Jack. Now let's get you home. So the next day, the bullies are like, there's Jackie Jack. Let's punch him in the facey face. Uh, and Jack punches him back, but he, he ends up getting the crap kicked out of him anyways. And his siblings are like, don't you get it? You stood up for yourself. Even though you lost the fight, you won the, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you stood up for yourself. You didn't, you didn't. Out us as superheroes, right. so that's 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 good. You you st- you stood up to the bullies, 
You may have lost, but you didn't use your powers. The bullies get their comeuppance when they're walking by the janitor's office, and the janitor dumps some mop water on their heads, and they're Ugh, wet. dirty mop water. Totally disgusto, man. Ick. <laughs> um, so it's, it's like three different stories... Uh, we'd never wrapped up the magic story. So oh. the, the demon power power pack helps uh, magic and warlock defeat the demon. Something about to do with earth, with all the four elements. They gather all the four elements together and the demon can't fight the four elements. It's not really what the story is about. So it doesn't matter. No, but it's, it's interesting, right? Because you've got the bully story. You've got the old janitor story. And then you've got um, magic and warlock in there. And it's all sort of woven together. It's it's pretty good. Uh, it is good. All things considered. Um, definitely from like an editorial perspective, it, you'd be like, where do I put this? And is it a power pack issue? Is it a new mutants issue? Um, I would that's... have assumed it would have just been a power pack issue, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and I guess they do place it. It takes place before the events of power pack 52 and new mutants number 73. If you can remember all of those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that finally takes us to Marvel Comics Presents number... Marvel Comics Presents, which 65. you did not read. I didn't read it. 66, and I am doing a terrible job of, of summing it up. 66. Which is weird, because like I really do like this story, because it's got two of my favorite characters, Wolverine and Ghost Rider, and it's got one of my favorite artists, Mark Tixeria, who was great at the, at the height of the whole Ghost Rider thing. And uh, I own these issues. But I guess they just go by so quickly that it's it's hard for me to really do a do them justice. But uh, this one, this eight pages, Ghost Rider drives away after having uh, battled Wolverine to a standstill, and he goes to visit uh, the hospital where his buddy is that got attacked, and then he sees ninjas there, and. Meanwhile, Wolverine has been taken to some uh, facility to recuperate, and he doesn't know by who. And Ghost Rider goes to the top to stop all the ninjas, and goes to the top of a roof to stop all the ninjas. And the former uh, master of the guy who's who is attacked by Death Watch says, uh, "I didn't think you were a killer, Ghost Rider, because Ghost Rider threw somebody off a roof, but then." Turns out that Ghost Rider didn't throw somebody off a roof. He has him attached by a chain, and he's hanging off the roof. And he's like, oh, never mind. Uh, tell us what you know, bad guy. And meanwhile, Wolverine is fighting somebody, unknown assailants in the dark. And then one of them escapes through a barred-up window, which looks really painful. And a woman says, Wolverine, we must talk. So... I don't really know what's going on yet, uh, but we're only like three three episodes in. Uh, isn't there um, are there more parts to this story? This is an eight parter. Oh I my think. god, jeez. Let me see. Should say at the beginning. Somehow, yeah, this is part three of eight. That's a, that's too many parts, Adam. Well, these you know we always talk about how these are kind of tough because they're like, how do you tell? a story in eight parts. And I feel like you just tell a story and then you just break it up where, where the eight, eight page falls and just leave it at that. But that's probably not what the guidance has been. It's been more like, make sure these are these, each of these parts have a beginning, a middle and an end. And, uh, 
it's hard to follow. I'm with you. For some reason, uh, yeah, when I was reading these, I didn't have access to issue 66. But honestly, even if I would have read it, I would have been like, I don't, I don't know what's happening here. It's there's a lot of nothing happening, which is part of the problem with all these Marvel comics presents. Is that you have you have an outline of a story, and the story itself is probably fine, but you have so many issues where nothing really happens to advance the story, and like I'm not really sure what the purpose of this particular episode was. I mean, nothing really happens. Wolverine wakes up in a place and Ghost Rider goes to a place. That's pretty much it. Well, you got to move those pieces around so that I guess. Uh, <laughs> when when the time comes for something to actually happen, you know, everything. I mean, we're, we're definitely building towards something. And then eventually Wolverine and Ghost Rider obviously have to team up and that'll be the payoff. Well, that's going to be exciting. It will be. I mean, I, I remember this story. As a kid, I bought all these. I was excited. Oh man! Well, that's that's gonna cover. Uh, that's an episode in the can. Phew. All the all the things. All the things. Um, yeah. You have anything else, Adam? No, no. I mean, you know, we could talk about other stuff, but that's not what we do here. No, that's, we reserve the, that for our Patreon episodes. So, if you want to hear us talk about other stuff. You should be you should be paying your dollar. Yeah, one dollar to to hear hot takes from Jeremy and Adam on such popular topics like Star Trek Picard. I saw Snake Eyes finally, so oh. we can talk about that next time. Snake Eyes, a movie so I watched a while ago and pretty much have completely forgotten about. But I'll we'll talk about that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I can remember some things. Uh, Adam, did you did you watch? Um, oh, geez, <laughs> did you if watch it's the Batman? No. Yeah. I still haven't watched the Batman. Yeah. I'm I still only haven't through the Batman. I haven't watched the latest Doctor Strange. I watched that. Um, Bruce Campbell's in it. Really? Spoilers. Oh, that is a big spoiler. I mean, it's directed by Sam Raimi. Oh yeah, that should have been obvious. The car's in it. Spoilers. Jeez. <laughs> Stop with all these spoilers. Uh, oh my gosh, the camera whip pans. <laughs> so you know, there's probably some classic. POV shots. Yep, there's there, yeah, spoilers. There's POV shots. All right, but Adam, we'll talk about all of that stuff on our Patreon after I see it. Hopefully, <laughs> oh, I don't know. We'll talk about we'll talk about something on the Patreon. Uh, but yeah. In, in the meantime, <clears throat> if you're like, what are they talking about? Well, these are all the various places that you can get a hold of us and see all the crazy, amazing creations that we've got. Uh, www.xmenpodcast.com, facebook.com forward slash danger room podcast at danger room go on, uh, I don't know, is Elon Musk buying it or no? Is I don't even Twitter. Um, I think it's still in negotiation. I don't know. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, danger room at xmenpodcast.com, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, also patreon.com forward slash danger room where these episodes as well as super special episodes uh, are covered. Right now we're currently going through the modern run of Inferno and then we'll yeah. do something different. Once we get done with that, yeah, well, the, the world's our oyster. Yeah. Actually, I think I know what we're going to do, but I'm not going to say it just in case we change. No. Yeah. Uh, so... Our theme music is provided by Laszlo Hollyfeld and uh, Adam. I don't. I don't have anything else. That's fine. I don't either. Well, then, until next time, my name is Jeremy. 
My name's Adam. And the Danger Room is closed. Mm-hmm.